have a lifelong marriage, how to find a love that would last so that you can have a lifelong marriage. I think a lot of us are, are um, wondering about that today, especially if you're single and, and you're wondering, how, how you know, is, is there such a thing as a love that lasts? Um, and I'm here today to tell you and to encourage you with my story. How to Find a Lifelong Marriage is the title of this recording, and here's how I did it. So we're going to, I'm going to share with you my story and um, how God brought my wife and I together. And this uh, September, September 30, uh, 26, 2022, um, we will be celebrating 35 years of being married. And it hasn't been easy, uh, but I want to tell you, next to giving my life to Jesus, it's been the best decision I've made. And um, I'm more in love with my wife now than ever, and uh, we're excited about the future together. So anyways, how did all of that happen? You see, a lot of times, um, I think people think that um, finding a love that lasts is only for lucky people or maybe blessed people. In other words, there's something special about them. Or maybe they're um, just fortunate enough to find their soulmate. And once you find your soulmate, then everything is wonderful. It's made in the shade and you'll never have any problems because this is the one perfect person for you. Well, I don't necessarily think that that's how it works. I think that marriage is what you make it. and uh, But it does start with trusting God to bring you together with the right person. Uh, before I tell you our story, yesterday I was blessed to speak at a funeral, to conduct a funeral for a man who was 92 years old. And his part of his story was that when he, um, he met his wife, when they were both, get this, in first grade, isn't that amazing? How old are you in first grade? Six or seven years old? And, and his son actually has a picture of his dad and his mom as kids. I don't know if it was like a yearbook or whatever, but they have a picture of the two of them sitting together in school. And um, so what a blessing it was. Anyways, they were married. They got married in their 20s, of course. They didn't get married when they were six, <laughs> but they got married in their 20s, and they were married 68 years. And um, I asked the family, I said, well, what's one thing that you think your dad might be doing in heaven? And they said, oh, he is going for walks on the streets of gold with my mom. His mom, uh, his wife, I should say, uh, their mom passed away in 2019. So it's been a couple of years that he's lived without her. And I bet you they're having a great reunion there in heaven. Talk about a love that lasts. So I believe that you can have that too. Okay, you can have a love that lasts. So let me tell you my story and how uh, we kind of got to this place. Um, by the way, I'm Kelly Dupay, uh, pastor, police chaplain, uh, marriage coach, and author of this book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. So um, anyways, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So here's my story. And uh, I was the kind of guy that was always um, dating, okay, especially in my 20s. You know, started obviously when I was in high school, but then in college, and then after college, you know, the different things I was doing, it was like, okay, one relationship after another. And um, none of them ever lasted. Um, I think the longest was maybe four or five months. I don't even think I ever made it to six months of dating one person. And, you know, it was, it was painful. Either I was getting hurt or the person I was dating was getting hurt, but it just never seemed to work out. 
And I'll never forget a conversation I had with a friend, uh, a, a, a leader in his church, a guy in full-time ministry, a mentor of mine. And um, I had just broken up with a gal and uh, that was a, a relationship that I thought was truly going somewhere, and it didn't. And um, I was heartbroken, and it just wasn't right. And, and I was telling my friend about it. And my friend gave me probably one of, if not the best, piece of advice I've ever heard in my entire life. And here's what it was. He said, Kelly, you need to fast from dating for a year. Now, if you know what fasting is, um, fasting is going without. So basically, he was saying, don't date for an entire year. And I thought he was crazy. I thought, there's no way I could do that because I was so in this habit of, okay, one relationship's over, let's look for the next one. And then over and over and over again. And so um, basically, though, when I prayed about it, I realized that that was exactly what I needed to do because what God wanted to do in my life, well, first off, I needed to heal. One of the reasons I think that my relationships weren't working out is because I had so much pain from my past relationships that I was bringing into the new one. And now I've learned a lot about grief and that you've got to process your grief before you can embrace the new things that God has for you. But back then in that day, I had no idea what that was all about. But what I needed to do, I needed to heal. The other thing I needed to do was develop healthy friendships with both men and women. In other words, same-sex and opposite-sex friendships. You see, I think a lot of times, or what I was caught up in, is that I needed a, I felt that I needed a girlfriend, and I needed to get married because I was lonely. Uh, I was an only child. Uh, I am an only child, um, you know, so I don't have a big family. I didn't have brothers and sisters growing up with, and so, um, you know, it was like, okay, Friday nights, I don't want to be alone. What do I need? I need a girlfriend. I need to go to the movie. I want to go out. I, you know, I want to do stuff. And and um, and so just one relationship after another, like I said, wasn't working out. So what I needed to do, though, I felt I needed a girlfriend. What I really needed was a friend and not just one friend. I needed several friends. So during that year, that's what God did in my heart. He allowed me to develop great friendships with guys and with girls that weren't necessarily leading towards anything other than we're just being friends. The other thing I needed to learn was to be content as a single. And I think there's a huge lesson in that that I could go off on for a long time. If you're single, learning to be content in your singleness is huge. Why? Because really, ultimately, all we need, okay, we need God and we need God's people. And so I needed a strong relationship with the Lord and I needed friends, okay? So when I developed those things, I found that I was content or I could be content. That in other words, I didn't need a wife to make me happy or to make me fulfilled or to bring satisfaction. Now, I still had a desire to get married, but I had surrendered that to the Lord and was just saying, well, all right, God, what do you want to do in my life? And I really, during this one-year period, it was a, an opportunity for me to trust God, 
in this area of my life and to stop trying to make it happen on my own. I don't know if you've ever been caught up in that, but there's something that you want. And and so you're just going to make it happen. Okay. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I want to get married and um, I'm going to just go find somebody. And if that doesn't work out, I'm going to find somebody else. And if that doesn't work out and on and on it went. Okay. So during this one year, I remember having a conversation with God. Do you ever have conversations with God? Now, obviously, I wasn't hearing him, you know, with my physical ears, but it was like I was I was just in prayer and speaking to God, and then a thought would come to my heart. So that's kind of how this works. So in case you think I'm nuts, um, well, I don't care if you think I'm nuts or not. Um, The Bible tells us that God is going to lead us by his spirit, that we can hear his voice in our thoughts and in our heart. So anyways, I had this conversation with God one day and I asked him, I said, God, is it your will for me to get married? And I just kind of waited. And here's what God said. He said, what do you want? That's a scary question. What do I want? And I said, well, God, um, I, I want what you want. But, you know, really, um, I, I would like to get married. I w- w- yeah, I want to get married. And he said, well, then that's my will for you. <gasps> You're kidding me. Really? This is your will for me? And I remember a great scripture kind of confirmed all of this. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. And as I um, meditated on that verse, I realized that God not only fulfills our desires, but he also creates those desires and then places them in our hearts. So that desire I felt to get married, to have a family, was from God. So in other words, I could rest and and be content knowing that God had a plan for my life and that his plan for my life was for me to get married and have a family. So then God, I sense God asked me this. Oh, this was a great question. Uh, we were, I was having such a great conversation with God that day. I'll never forget it. Anyways, God said to me, if it's my will for you to get married, what kind of wife do you think I want to give you. So I said, well, God, that's an easy one. I know what kind of wife you want to give me. You want to give me the best. And he said, that's right. So now receive by faith the wife that I have for you. Whoa, that was a shock. Received by faith? What is that all about? So in the Bible, in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So what I started doing, uh, and the other thing I learned during this season of my life is that faith really is expectation. In other words, when you pray for something, what do you expect to happen? If you expect God to answer that prayer the way you asked him to, that's faith. And then if you don't expect him to, that's doubt. So I expected, based on that conversation with God, that God was going to bless me with the best um, person to be my wife. Okay. So what did I start doing? I also, so I learned that faith is expectation and I learned that the language of faith is praise and thanksgiving. 
So without telling anybody about any of this, because I didn't want to get weird, I definitely wasn't going to tell any, any girls that I knew, any friends, hey, God's going to give me the best. But I just started thanking the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your best. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing that person into my life in your timing to be my wife and that she's going to be the best wife for me. And so just in my prayer times, just in my attitude, I just continue to confess that. Thank you, Lord, for giving me your best. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me your best. So instead of looking, I decided to trust God to either bring that person into my life or bring me into her life. So somehow he was going to lead her to me or me to her. And among the friendships that I was developing during this year, there was a girl named Carrie Fielding. And, um, you know, uh, sooner or later, or at one point in time, I should say, I started having feelings for this girl. You know how that works. You just, you just want to be with them. You like them. And, and, and I was kind of wondering if she maybe had feelings for me. And then I looked at the calendar and I looked back in my journal. And guess what? I'd realized that my year of fasting from dating was over. <laughs> so it's like, wow, God, it's been a whole year. Because see, I hadn't even, you know, it was like I got so caught up in just, you know, being, uh, building friendships and trusting God and thanking God for his best that I hadn't even realized that the year had been over. It God had really given me a lot of peace during that year time. So I realized that the year was over and that it was okay for me to then reach out to her. So I remember having a conversation with Carrie and just saying, um, I, I, I kind of have, you know, some feelings for you and I, I hope you do for me, you know, and, and I'm wondering if maybe God might be bringing us together and I'm wondering if you'd like to start dating and she said yes. <laughs> so we started dating. And that's a whole nother story because we were living in Europe and serving as part of a missionary team with uh, an organization called Youth in the Mission. And maybe I'll tell you that other story some other time. But my point is this. If you're single, okay, ask God if it's his will for you to get married. And if it is his will, if you sense that it is, then ask him, I would encourage you or suggest to you to ask him to give you his best. And if you're caught up in dating one person after another, maybe you might want to do what I did, which is take a year and fast and not be involved in any dating, but instead allow God to heal your heart and to trust you. So how to find a lifelong marriage. Here's how I did it. It may not be the right path for you, but it's how God worked in my life, and maybe this has been helpful for you. And then if you are married and you want to know how to have a lifelong marriage, okay, that you really want, I got a book for you. <laughs> now, this isn't a sales pitch, I promise, but if you want to learn how to have the lifelong marriage that you really want, that's what I named my book. And so I've got, yeah, anyways, in the book, there's lots of opportunities, lots of lessons on how to have the lifelong marriage that you want. But let me boil it down to one thing as I bring this to a close here today. Um, it starts with finding the right person, but even if, you're today, even if you're married and you're like, you know what, I don't know if I married the right person, guess what? It doesn't matter. You know why? Because you can make 
um, the marriage that you have a great one. If you trust God, if you follow the um, some of the, the, the lessons I have in my book or other things and get some help maybe, I believe you can make the marriage you have a great one. So it does start with finding the right person, but if you feel like that you know ship has already sailed and now you know there's no turning back, you're right. There is no turning back. You can't undo that choice and that decision. However, if you are single, pray about the things that I've been talking about today, and maybe um, you know head down that path as well. But if you are married, then make the marriage that you have a great one. And God can help you. And there's lots of resources out there. Uh, My book and other books, um, there's podcasts, there's videos, there's all kinds of stuff where you can learn how to have a great marriage. I'm convinced that being married is a skill that we need to learn. Okay, I needed to learn how to be the husband that my wife needed. I needed to learn how to communicate. I needed to learn how to listen and understand. And um, I needed to um, work on a lot of different things in my life in order to make the kind of or have the kind of marriage that I really wanted to have. So that's the kind of stuff that I pass on to others with these videos, as well as um now, so I've got videos, I've got podcasts, I've got um, articles, and then, of course, my book. So I hope this was helpful for you guys today. I hope it was inspirational. Maybe it's the kind of thing, if you've got somebody in your life, maybe your son or your daughter or a relative, niece or nephew, and they're in that stage of singleness looking for a husband or a wife, maybe you could share this with them. That might be helpful. Anyways, God has a great plan for your life. So I pray that as you follow him and trust him, that he would bless you and that he would bring you his best. That's it for now. I'm Kelly Dupay, pastor, police chaplain, uh, marriage coach, and author of the book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. So God bless you guys. Um, That's it for now. Thanks. Bye.